Good evening, folks. Welcome back to the Elio Sideshow. I feel like we haven't we haven't done this in a while, Frank. It feels like that, but it feels like forever. We released an episode last week, and uh, it's because we recorded a double episode last time. I know. We try to sometimes based on our schedules, which it's kind of you know broken record here with us with these uh, schedules and the busy lives we take upon us with jobs and everything else going on, and we just like to sit down and talk to each other. I just feel like we haven't been able to do that. I know. I, I feel we, like we, feel like we need to connect what, with the that's audience. What, that's what the world needs, just people talking to each other. We need to open up and get some conversation going. Yeah. That's why we need to go live, man. It's like the first time in forever. <laughs> Are you quoting Frozen again? <laughs> but anyway, it's we have a pretty uh, somewhat recent uh, use of force episode uh, again. It was the Lancaster PA, uh, Lancaster City sh- uh, sh- shooting, uh, officer-involved shooting, where the, I guess it was the subject who had some mental health issues, uh, schizophrenic bipolar, came out of the residence with a knife, and the Lancaster City officer shot him. And it almost seemed like he shot him as he was running away, and the so- person died. Uh, I have his name written down here, but we're going to get into that in a little bit here. But as usual, we like to start off with uh, kind of our rundown of what we have for the episode, our police ward of the day, our case study of the week, and then we're going to get into the Lancaster City shooting. Uh, you have anything else to talk about, Frank, before we get into it? I just want to point out that, you know, some people across the United States call it Lancaster. But it's Lancaster. That's what That's what I would say, too. Yeah. So I... I used to actually call it Lancaster when I was younger. And you know why? Because that's a New Jersey thing. People from New Jersey call it Lancaster. Hey, is is Biden from PA or New Jersey? I believe he's from, well, isn't he from, is he from PA? He, yeah, I mean, he spent like but a couple he, but, years here. But he, but he, he well, was a center in Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where Trump and Trump's saying like, "Hey, you didn't grow up in PA. You were born in PA." <laughs> I'm just messing. We, I just got done watching the debate tonight, and I think Biden mentioned how he's from Scranton at least three times that I can remember off the top of my head. Okay, yeah. Fun facts, folks. Okay, fun fact, folks. Sorry, is I was born in New Jersey. Yes. Okay, but I did not grow up there. I moved when I was like. Don't hold it against two. Patrick. He he's not as bad as the driver as all the other Jersey yeah. listeners. <laughs> we like I like New Jersey. I still have plenty of family from there. I was actually just there this weekend mm-hmm. for my aunt's seventieth birthday party. Sorry. Right. So, like do we get any uh, emails or anything? I we got. Do we get any feedback on the the veteran uh, episode? Uh, we did get we did get feedback from the last one. I think I thought you, you said. Yeah, you you actually were. I checked in there. You were. Reaching out, you know what I'm talking no, about. But no, uh-uh, I don't remember about the veterans one. I know what you're talking about Frank. I'm just saying, like we got some, we got some feedback from uh, the veterans uh, or the rookies' oh, mistakes. Yes. yes, I'm sorry, I know what you're talking about the last episode with the uh, the FT the field training officer and the rookies. Yes. Yeah, a couple people reached out and said that uh, they actually really enjoyed it. Actually, learned some things. That's our yeah. ultimate goal. We try to make people learn learn some things about policing. Try to delineate, man. Delineate, yes. <laughs> I don't even know the acronym anymore. Delineate. Oh, it's the street cred. Yeah. It's communicate, relate, educate, and delineate. Yeah, that's our cred. C-R-E-D. Acronym or initialism? Acronym. Done. All right. All right, let's move on to your interesting episode. I'm going to, you know, this episode is brought to you by Patrick, the adjunct professor, Cortland. So let's move on and see what we can hear here. Yeah. Anyway, it's another late night recording. I feel like that's the only time that Frank and I get to meet. It's under the moonlight. And uh, well, that's why we're recording this episode. I'm sitting here enjoying a nice pounder can of alcohol. High life. 
no, I will never drink <laughs> High Life. High Life is like the worst beer out there. Come on, man. When you're drinking High Life, it's a it's a good time. No. <laughs> okay, just the the I'm a Miller guy. Okay, out of the three main dr- beers, I prefer Miller Lite over Coors Light, Bud Light. But I will refuse at all costs to drink Miller High Life because it is awful. It is definitely not the champagne of beers. I'm drinking a, a microbrew. It's a NE IPA, New England IPA. I'm kind of a beer snob, Frank. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I Well, actually, Frank and I, tell you the truth, we don't, neither of us really drink a lot. But uh, every now and again, sit here. N- nice to have a, a drink. It's 1141 at night. 2341 for all you military time folks. We're trying to get this episode in before Frank has to go to bed and get up in the morning for work. But anyway, moving on. Rundown of the episode. Uh, again, we're going to talk about the Lan- Lancaster City PA shooting involving the, the officer, the officer for all shooting. But today's word is exonerate, okay, hmm. which is a verb. And it means, especially of an official body, absolve usually someone from blame for fault or wrongdoing especially after due consideration of the case okay so a lot of times we might use this uh in civil cases uh we use this when we take complaints okay and you couldn't even imagine because we're both supervisors you can't even imagine the amount of randomness complaints we take okay yes when the my biggest thing is when you they, they attack a police officer and they ask, well, he's been he's had this many complaints against him. OK, well, the, just because you have this many complaints doesn't mean that many were actually sustained. OK, the officer well, can be exonerated. I think what we find as supervisors also is that a lot of the times our complaints are just misunderstandings of yes, the law. Absolutely. And, you know. I, I, I had one uh, earlier uh, this week where they complained about an officer who didn't kick out somebody from their house uh, where they, and, you know, where we are at, we have to go through a civil process of um, eviction, eviction, and the person did not go through that process. So they were, they were going to file a complaint on that. The officer did not kick this person out of their house. So, you know, that's one that's easily explained. The officer did no wrong, but I mean, we have to keep track of complaints. So what Patrick is saying is that technically this officer has a complaint against them now. Yeah, right. And it doesn't mean that that the actual complaint is what we call sustained. It means that it's a complaint. You have a complaint against you. The best I'm telling, I give the story the best time I have the best complaint ever is the one that was filed against me. Okay. Allegedly, I went to this domestic where I it was a reported possible assault. Didn't end up making an arrest. You know, uh, so Officer Patrick Cortland here. He didn't do this, 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 and this. And I'm and I'm reading this complaint that I have to respond to, and I'm like, man, I don't remember any of this information. I go look at my calendar. I'm like, wait a second, I wasn't even working. So <laughs> this you person, were like in Denver or something. I was yes, I was in I was in Denver at uh, the producers conference. Okay, and right. yeah, which great time. But uh, flew out Very when cool. it was yeah, it was flew out here where it was forty and flew into Denver where it was negative four. But anyway, and that was like the first week in November. I had this complaint filed against me, and there was no like actual substantive proof to to say that I was even there. In fact, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even working. So I had this complaint against me. So my response was basically type up the, uh, I was not even working. In fact, I was not even in the state. I was in Denver at my producer's conference. Were you exonerated? I was exonerated. Did they, do you think they even took some due consideration for the, for that that case? Well, they should have, the investigator should have said, yeah, like, is this guy even working? <laughs> that barely didn't even go that far. But, you know, and I understand, you know, that's that's not necessarily their objective. Their objective is to get the information from the officer's response. And that was my response. And it was like, I was not even working. So you can have a complaint filed against you and you didn't even do anything. We're not even there. We're not even in existence. It happens. But guess what? 
I have a complaint against my name for not even being there. So that's what yeah. you, that's that's what the what we're trying to sum this up. When when you hear that officers have complaints against them, we're just trying to summarize and say that it doesn't mean they've had they've done any had any wrongdoings. It's just they have a complaint filed against them. Guess what? People like to complain. I'm pretty sure you know that in your own personal lives. I'm pretty sure Frank knows that. Uh yeah. I mean I've <laughs> heard a lot of I was the recent news with our department. <laughs> but people complain. That's what they do. Okay. Lots of complaining. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, exonerate is you're absolved or from blame for any fault or wrongdoing. So the complaint, you may be exonerated from the complaint, even though the complaint was still filed against you. That's what it means. So I will will say this without trying to butcher these people's names involved in this case study. This one is called Plakas, P-L-A-K-A-S versus Drinsky, D-R-I-N-S-K-I. I don't know what uh, country or origin that's from. Don't hate on me for that, but this is the court case. Okay. So to sum it, sum it up, Constantino with a K, K-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-N-O. Wow. By the way, Frank, that is a heck of a name. I, you know, I love that name. Other than maybe filling that out for SATs when you were in high school, <laughs> that's going to be a great name. Don't you get points for getting your name right? I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, Constantino Placas, P-L-A-K-S, so Placas in the, in the uh, plaintiff, was shot once and killed by Jeffrey Drinsky, a deputy sheriff. I believe this was Indiana. I'm not 100% sure on that. I have to look it up again. A deputy sheriff, okay, was shot once and killed by this officer. The only witnesses to the shooting were three police officers, Drinsky and two others, okay? All the witnesses testified to an act of self-defense that – Constantino Placas was moving toward Deputy Drinsky and menacing him with a fireplace poker. Okay. Hmm. So if you know what that is, that's that fireplace thing with a, they use that for what logs, Frank? Well, I think it's, yeah, it's to move the logs, logs around the hot yeah. logs. Okay. Yep. And it's got like a pretty sharp point. Yeah. Stoke so, the fire sometimes. Yeah. We, we would probably make the argument that's a, that's a deadly weapon that could easily kill I you. I think it's actually in Clue, isn't it? <laughs> How... <laughs> Clue? Well, hold on. We got the candlestick, the revolver, the rope. What else is there? I don't know. There's I don't a knife. Know. There's a knife. I mean, come on now. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Clue there, weapon. Yeah. If, if you can make the a pipe candle- wrench, the pipe. candlestick. Yes. Lead pipe. The lead pipe. We got the dagger, revolver, yep, knife, revolver, wrench, rope. Yeah, I know the rope because that's the one that's not metal. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, well, maybe it's Professor Plum. Anyway, uh, so that <laughs> Plock is moving toward Drinsky and menacing with a fireplace poker. And that moment, and that moments before, Plockas had said to Drinsky, and I quote: "Either you're going to die here, or I'm going to die." All right, so that kind of looks like a, or seems like a suicide by cop, right? Plaka's administrator claimed that the self-defense story was full of holes and that even if it were not, Drinsky and the county which employed him had a constitutional obligation to do more to preserve his life than they did. The district judge disagreed and granted summary judgment. And the appeal followed. Okay. Uh, I don't really understand where, how they agreed on the judgment, but whatever. Uh, I'm sorry, I misquoted myself. The district judge disagreed and granted summary judgment, and the appeal followed. Okay, here we go. So when the police first saw Plakas at about 9.30 p.m. on February 2nd, 1991, he was walking along State Road 10 in Newton County, Indiana. Okay, Indiana, not far from Illinois state line. His car had run off the road and wound up in a deep water-filled ditch. Sergeant Buddy R. King of the Newton County Sheriff's Department thought the car had rolled over on its top and slid for 150 to 200 feet before rolling upright, wow. striking a tree and coming to rest in the ditch. King called for assistance. and Another Newton County officer, Corporal David Kobe, two paramedics, Glenn Kane and Stephen Witt, responded. On the way to the scene of the accident, Kane noticed Placas walking along State Road 10. Kane approached Placas and saw that Placas' clothing was wet from the waist down. Okay. Kane stopped and spoke to Placas, who said he was fine, except that he was cold. Kane examined Plaka's head and found nothing that required medical treatment. Plaka's told Kane he had been the driver of the car in the ditch, and Plaka's agreed to get into Kane's car in order to be driven back to the accident scene, now about a mile from where Plaka's was found. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Kane knew there was an ambulance at the site and that Plaka's could be examined more carefully there. Kane then smelled alcohol on Plaka's breath. 
Okay, so we have a DUI investigation. And Plakas dozed off as they rode to the place where the car had gone off the road. Mm. All right. When Kane and Plakas arrived, the ambulance driver examined Plakas. Kane told Corporal Kobe to check Plakas for intoxication and why. Plakas refused medical treatment and signed a written waiver of treatment. So he basically signed off saying, I don't want to be treated. Uh, the one deputy, I think Kobe or which one? Kobe. Kobe was the corporal. So Corporal Kobe spoke to Plakas, who had some difficulty communicating the fact that he did not have his driver's license. Plaka did agree to go to the sheriff's department and be tested for intoxication. All right. So Plakas complained about being cuffed behind his back. He told Kobe that this hurt him because he had burned scars on his chest and thought that if he got in the car, his chest would start to bleed. Kobe told mm. Plakas that the manner of cuffing was department policy, which he must follow. Okay. So we have that everybody gets cuffed. Every, this is an officer safety thing. Everybody gets cuffed behind their back. However, yeah, unless, 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 unless there's good reason. Yes. Such as an injury, pregnancy, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, Kobe also thought they'd have a problem with Plakas if he uncuffed him. Kobe opened the rear door of a squad car and Plakas entered the car voluntarily in Kobe's car. The rear door handles are not removed. After a brief interval, Kobe got in the car and drove away. As he drove, he heard a noise that suggested the rear door was opened. He hit the brakes, and he heard Plakas hit the screen between the front and rear seats. And the rear oh, do- when the rear door flew open, and fl- Plakas fled into the snow-covered woods. Okay? So Corporal Kobe reported the escape and called for help. All right. So Indiana State Police, as the Deputy Sheriff Je- Jeffrey Jensky, they all responded. Okay. So what we have right now is a DUI investigation where this guy had – Escaped from the police car. Okay. Well, and you could also argue that he's in danger to himself uh, being out there running around. Yeah. Because at this point, well, yeah, I mean, at this point also with, with all the information that the officer had, they wouldn't even be able to let them let, let Placas be out there by himself. Yeah. So whether or not he was in custody or in suspicion, but yeah, go ahead. All right. Anyway, uh, Long story short, I'm not going to go over just to take out. They ended up finding him. So Plaka's backed into a corner near a set of fireplace tools. He picked one of them up, a two to three foot poker with a hook on its end. Then gripping with both hands, he continued screaming louder and louder at Kane and Colby. Okay. Finally, he rushed at Corporal Kobe, swung quite hard at Kobe, striking the wrist with the poker. Kobe moved away and tried to come in the room for another door. But Plaka's chased him away, swinging the poker. Deputy Drinsky passed by the injured Kobe and asked him what he was hit. Kobe told him that Plakas had a poker uh, inside. Plakas had taken the poker, slammed it in the wall. And inside the house, Plakas took the poker, slammed it in the wall, and then beat his head against the wall. Okay. Oof. Yeah. Uh, it comes into – basically, comes down to this. They follow, they follow Plakas out now with guns drawn, uh, saw the officers with guns drawn, and – one, one guy tries to say, don't shoot, I'll talk to him. The one, I think it was Roy, tried to talk to Plakas into surrendering. As did so, Plakas fully backed down a hill in the yard. The officers told him to drop the poker. Okay, so they basically tell him to stop. For the next quarter hour or half hour, Drinsky and Paris tried to talk Plakas into surrendering, did most of the talking. At one point, uh, Plakas pointed the poker at Drinsky and said, either you're going to die here or I'm going to die, or I'm going to die here. So, and go ahead and shoot. My life isn't worth anything. Uh, he Plock has turned back to Drinsky, who's 12 to, feet, 12 to 15 feet away, and with the poker raised, charged at Drinsky, who backed away. Drinsky's retreat was involuntarily stopped, either by his backing into a tree or by a near stubble of some sort. Believed he couldn't retreat. Um, he saw Plockus cock the poker over his head for a swing, and when Plockus was two arm lengths away, he fired once at Plockus' chest. So... Uh, yeah, that's a lot into that case right there, background-wise. Okay. And they tried to say that basically their claim was Plakas argues that there was enough evidence to cast doubt on the defendant's self-defense claim, giving the low threshold that courts have set for resulting in self-defense. Okay. So Plakas' estate tried to claim that this there was, there was holes in the self-defense case. All right. But, I mean, basically – you're relying on the officers, several officers' testimony, which, according to the courts and the court case, seemed to be pretty corroborating, okay, as far as their testimony. And there were multiple efforts, if you want to look up the case, Plakas versus, versus Drinsky, there were multiple efforts to subdue Plakas versus going to use deadly use of force. Like, right. 
you know, we're talking about a lethal weapon. You know, it's a fireplace poker. When we talk lethal weapon, we're not talking gun or knife. It can be anything. It could be a baseball bat. It could be uh, Negan from Walking Dead. He has that bat with the barbed wire around it. It could be, you know, a candlestick. You know, if you hit, get hit in the head with a blunt object, guess what? That's a deadly weapon. You know yeah. what I mean? So in this case, it, it seems pretty cut and dry. But again, it's another case where tried to argue that there could have been steps that the officers took. And while they, and based on reading through the case, they did, they don't even need to take those steps. If Placas had come at the officer with a, a fireplace poker and try, it was about to swing it at him. Well, guess what? You know, we, we hate to say it, but it's me or you. And sometimes it's going to be me. Yeah. I mean, obviously nobody, uh, we've said this over the course of our shows, nobody wants to see a loss of life, but you know, when you're being attacked, you're going to defend yourself. Yeah. I don't think anybody would do anybody, anything different. So anyway, while doing research for this topic, I, I found that case kind of, uh, similar in some, some facets. Likeable. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to get into the – if you saw the news, the protests, what's going on in Lancaster, Lancaster, not Lancaster, PA, uh, involving the officer-involved shooting of Ricardo Munez, a 27-year-old Hispanic male. Background to this incident was that uh, Munoz was bipolar and schizophrenic. Okay. You later found, find out that he's actually on – is he? He was out on bail, right, Frank? Yes. Well, I, I don't know bail. I thought he was uh, either in the court treatment or something. What's going on with it? He, I thought he was out already for oh, maybe the aggravated okay. assault. And but anyway, he was just the year before, the year prior. He was facing four counts of aggravated assault for stabbing four people. Okay, which again, if he's bipolar or schizophrenic, it could be the you know it could be in mental health court, could be in treatment court, something like that. I mean. Obviously, there's no denying that if, based on the way the incident happened, that the guy just charged at the cop. It may not like cops, but it may just it could be attributed to some type of mental health uh, issue that's going on. <clears throat> anyway, long story short, that Ricardo Munez, I believe the the incident was a call for a domestic disturbance. Um, it was his – was it his sister? I think it was – I'm not 100% sure on that. I, yes, the sister called yes. saying that yes. her brother is becoming aggressive yep. with the mom. Okay. So that's commonly referred to as a domestic. Remember, just for those who don't understand, this is kind of an education topic. A domestic isn't necessarily boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, husband, husband, whatever. Okay. It's not necessarily just a sexual intimate relationship. It could be a brother, sister, son, mother, roommate. It could be a roommate, roommate. It could be if like, you know, when Frank and I were living together and he kept pissing me off, you know, we, we could have a domestic situation. That's a, yes. that's what we call referred to as the domestic. Okay. Yep. So it, it's kind of a, a broader, broader definition for a lot of different things. So he's calling the police because, you know, this guy's off, probably off his meds. I don't have the 911 uh, transcript, which I don't think they're going to give out yet, but could be off his meds requesting assistance to the police because she probably can't control him at this point because he's probably not taking his medication. And, you know, he has a history of stabbing four people. Okay. Well, first of all, the body cam is freaking phenomenal right frank oh it's uh it's my favorite company axon axon yeah okay if go to season one we talk about body cam is pretty pretty early in the season but axon is by far the best so the officer goes to the front you can actually see him go to the he's not even on the front porch steps yet and i think the girl comes out okay girl comes out first greets, greets him starts talking and then it's like that quick <laughs> that Ricardo comes out and starts chasing the officer with a knife, like holding it up in his, I believe it was his right hand. Okay. The officer's kind of like, you can think like you can put yourself in that per, the position. Like the officer's like, Oh shit. Like I got this guy's chasing me with a knife and has, you know, tactical wise does a pretty good job. Ends up draw, drawing the service weapon and fires 
several rounds at Mr. Munez. Okay. And Munez ends up dropping and dies as a result. Okay. Tragedy nonetheless. Okay. We're not trying to make light of that. We don't want anybody to die for anything reason, but we're going to give you the facts of the case. Okay. Cause it's on body cam. You can't really dispute that. And as a result of that, uh, that uh, protesters gathered outside the police station and there were multiple protests. Okay. So right now I'm just going to go over the facts of the case. This was September 13th this year, approximately 4.13 PM. Lancaster County wide communications received a 911 call for domestic in the three block of Laurel street in Lancaster city. The caller related who's the, the sister that her brother was reportedly becoming aggressive with his mother. It was attempting to break into the house. Several officers from Lancaster city bureau police responded to the call First officer arrived at 4.24 p.m. First officer on scene walked to the front of the residence, made contact with a woman who was identified as a family member. We believe that was the sister. We're not 100% sure. Male subject, Ricardo Muez, exited the front door of the residence and began chasing the officer. Preliminary information and body-worn camera footage indicates the male subject had a knife in his right hand as he was chasing the officer. And you can kind of see that when they slow it down and circle that. The officer fired several shots from his firearm, striking the subject. Subject identified as 27-year-old Lancaster man did not survive and was pronounced dead at the scene. The officer is the only police officer on the scene at the time of the shooting, and his body cam was activated and recorded the encounter. Okay. Additional officers arrived a short time later. Now, the, somebody asked me a question. Uh, well, how come he was the only officer on the scene? Well, to answer that question is several officers responded. He was just the first one there. Okay. Well, there's like, different ways of looking at yeah, that. Right. You know, do, do you take the time to wait for other officers to arrive and then you can have two or three there in order to possibly have a, a less lethal cover and a lethal cover so that if this same thing happened, that, you know, that he may have been tased, Muniz yeah. may have been tased. We were, we, were actually just or, talking about, we were actually just talking about contact cover in my class. Or do you, Or do you do what happened here and say, look, this guy's a knife. He uh, is attempting to assault his mom and maybe his sister. And you need to get their ASAP in order to stop anybody, any loss of life. Yeah. That's what we do. We're cops. You know, that's something we, you have to weigh. We have to, we try to help people, try to protect people. That's what we do. And usually in a city environment, we're, we're talking from our experience, you know, your backups pretty, if they're responding, they're not really that far away. So we're talking a matter of seconds to seconds to at most a minute. Yeah. I mean, you're talking some of our, our neighboring jurisdictions where, I mean, some, you might have 10, 10, 15 minutes. Right. Right. For backup. Yeah. So it's not like this officer's responding. He's like the, what do we call them? The, uh, I guess not the scapegoat, but the, the sole, person that's the loner like the the lone rider out there the lone cowboy they, they got backup coming here okay anyway so their protests are gathered outside the police station no justice no peace i mean that's a common one right now and hands up don't shoot which you know you can get into argument about that which was proven not to be a fact but that's a whole nother topic um but one of the things let me that- ask you this patrick before you get yeah. too far here with some of the uh, police defunding of the police and, and with, with, you know, possibly adding a psychologist, to the um, call. psychologist to the calls, uh, just like, uh, you know, Biden suggested in the debate tonight. If a, if a psychologist was there during this encounter, how do you think they would have changed? Uh, they might be dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that's like you're money. lying but no, you're laughing but the thing is that's that's a possibility right. because if you watch the video Nunez charged out I don't even know if he hit any of the steps I think he just like ran jumped off the steps I mean the officer had the tactical uh wherewithal to retreat a little bit to create some space and draw a service weapon but a psychologist there I don't know what you know, some of these people are thinking that they're going to put the training through, but that psychologist might have been a deer in the headlights and wham, got a, yeah. you know, a knife stuck in the neck. This isn't a political podcast. You know, trust me, we're just talking about how we just wish Trump would shut up sometimes, you know, with his arrogance and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just like, hey, 
let's think common sense here. Okay. Do, do we wish more social workers would come to college with us? Absolutely. Sure. You can handle some of this stuff. But in this situation, guess what? That psychologist, whoever it is, God forbid they're not in shape. They better be running because this this dude like literally came out of the house with a knife, like full charge, like almost sprinting. And you know, somebody somebody described the picture of this guy to me as like a monster. <laughs> and this the the freeze frame of him with the knife up and his like face like uh, I don't even know what you could say. His, his face looked like he was, you know, a demon. Yeah. I mean, he was like, he looked like a serious monster coming after and, that guy. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're probably advocating that this, hey, this guy probably needs some help. He needs to be on his medications and stuff like that. It's just. Oh, yeah. It, it needed to be helped right. before th- right. this day. But that's not the police fault. Okay. And, you know, God, you know, and, you know I, I feel bad for the officer. The officer certainly didn't want this. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, I've, I've never, I mean, I, I can say right now, I've never fired my service weapon. God forbid I have to. I don't want to. You know what I mean? You know, we train with it to, for these situations. But this officer did not want to be put in this situation. But guess what? I don't really see any alternative option at that point. I mean, he's trying yeah, to say. I mean, we all, we all know the, the, the possibilities of getting on the job every day yeah but it still doesn't mean we want to have to fire our weapon because that means there's a lethal incident you know right. happening yeah so anyway so that's 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 kind of a little bit of background so anyway they had these protests out of the police i guess there was do you remember this there was like before uh and i'm going to get into this about releasing the body cam but do you, did you know that there was like information coming out that the suspect was like a 14 year old autistic kid no, I never heard. I heard that. that. Somebody was that was a rumor going around. Anyway, uh, the police department said in a statement, so Lancaster City Police Department said, "quote they that it used chemical munitions against protesters after giving several warnings to disperse, and that glass bottles, gallon jugs filled with liquid, parts of plastic road barricades, and more had been thrown at officers." Okay, police said buildings and government vehicles were damaged, and the county prosecutor's office warned money that those who perpetrated acts of violence and destruction and destruction will be charged and prosecuted. The officer who shot Muniz was placed on admin leave, administrative leave, which always happens. The mayor's office said in a statement calling a heartbreaking day for our city. Okay. And this is kind of where this is kind of where I, I, I question the mayor, all right, who is Danine D A N E N E Soros, S O R A C E. And this is her this is her statement, female. And I and she quote from her I grieve for the loss of life. I don't argue that. And know that there are more questions to be answered as the investigation continues. Okay. All right. So what exactly are we investigating, Frank? I don't know. I think she's just putting people off at this point, trying trying to delay. Again, you know, I think that that probably would have been a good statement if there were no body camera. Right. Yeah, but I mean, the body camera kind of shows exactly what happened, right? And uh, I mean, what, what what time frame are we looking for here? Like, like two three seconds, yeah. After the guy sh- came charging out yeah. of the house, yeah. I don't really know what else there is to. I'm surprised that they actually. I mean, I know it's a high profile case, but I'm kind of surprised they haven't actually come out with a statement yet. Um, city officials. Well, you know. You, Okay, go ahead. Yeah. You're going to get into it. Yeah. City officials called for calm and stronger social services to help avoid deadly confrontation with police. Okay. We just talked about this. We are all for that. Okay. We are all for mental health training. Okay. We're, we're all for this. Okay. We are all for diversity training. We are all for that. We are all for social services to help out. Okay. But again, I don't know what social service would have been able to do to prevent this situation. Okay. And city council president, I, I, I don't want to butcher this. Ismail Smith Wade L said that more long-term investments must be made in crucial human services, such as mental health care support for adults, housing, crisis intervention, and social workers. Totally, absolutely agree. Okay, let's give them mental health training. All right, and in this, he also stated, "I cannot help but wonder if Mr. Muniz got all the care he needed years ago. Could we possibly be in a different place? Could his family? Could that officer all be in a different place?" I put that quote in there because I kind of agree with him. 
You know, maybe the mental health I, service. In the I past. completely agree. Right. Okay. I just I, I thought yep. that was a more appropriate quote than the mayor's quote. Right, and and I think again, this is where I think we get this uh, re. What do I want to say here? Where I, I we we reimagine what law enforcement looks like. Where it's not it's not so much where we're picking on the police. Right. It's where what happens after or before police contact that the either the criminal justice system can help out with or that the social services can help out with. Because look, we're on the front lines. We see that mental health is a major issue. Substance abuse is a major issue. And, uh, you know, alcohol use, whatever, whatever, you know, your poison is, right, uh, is major issues. And they're not, they're not all problems that cuffs can solve. So uh, we, again, we're there, we have our specific jobs. But what has happened to police over the last two decades or three decades is that instead of it just being the beat cop out there strolling through the neighborhood and arresting the guys who commit crimes, uh, we're now tasked with uh, 15 other duties to, um, you know, where we're, we're a quarter of all these different social programs, but we're not 100% trained in these social programs. So we're not probably doing those social programs justice. And, you know, and so it's not because it's not really a police issue. Here's the thing. People rely on the police and think the police are the jack of all trades that we have. You know why? Why? Because they're told just to call 911. Because 911 is free. Okay. Yeah. It is. That's what we always say. 911 is free. You can call it. Okay. They think the police are the jack of all trades. And yes, we do have a lot of skill sets. Okay. Frank, Frank is a, a handyman. I am not. But if you ask Frank about sports, he'll talk to you about ballet. Okay, I. <laughs> I'm talking to you about the 1994 Dallas Cowboys team because that's the only team I remember that roster. Okay. We again, we all have our skill sets. You know, uh, just between the two of us, I have. You know, and Frank will say this: I have a good memory. I remember people. I remember things. Frank's a talker. He can interview people. Okay, we all have different skill sets within our police force. We all have different sets of training. Okay. I, Frank has more uh, use of force training. I have more DUI training. Okay. It's all encompassed in what we do. But you can't rely on the police officer to have the answer to everything. It, that's impossible. We're the only human beings. You know, we, we all want mental health training. Okay. We all want diversity training. We all want social services training. That, that's not going to s- always fix the issue. Okay. And what my argument in this case is. This is a situation that while it maybe, you know, maybe could have been prevented from some other resources that Mr. Munez could have had access to in the past, that doesn't necessarily mean it would have solved the issue. We don't know that. Okay. But to, I I just don't get why we're protesting. Well, like, what are we, what are we, how are you protesting the police? What, what, I, I, it just boggles my mind in this situation. Okay. Are there some, I'll even go on, I'll even go on the record and saying, yeah. You could protest police actions of previous incidents, like George Floyd. Absolutely, okay. That was not a situation that the, the that uh, what's his name, Derek Chauvin, the officer. Yes, he committed a violent, egregious act. I agree. That was not a good thing done by the police. In this situation, I don't really understand the protest. In fact, it's almost kind of frustrating because it's like, well, I, I hear all oh, those racist cops, and it's like, what that? First of all. What does race have to do with anything in this situation? Which it doesn't. Okay, and uh, an orange or purple yeah. guy could have jumped out right. of that house in the same instance would have happened. Right. And two, I don't really think there's a whole lot the officer could have done other than maybe stand there and potentially get stabbed. If you want to say like that, I mean, which you're not asking anybody to do. Right. Okay. This is you know we're trained to you know we, we need to we need to go home at the end of the day. That's what we always talk about that and. That I feel for the officer because now, you know, he could potentially be living with this the rest of his life, not something he wanted to encounter. And, well, you know, and there's so you many know, effects. You're, you're talking about the, the effects of, of this in and of, uh, with the aftermath of, 
the shooting. Right. But this was a this was a good shoot. And you don't think that this officer might have post-traumatic stress right. of of that guy jumping out of the house in his dreams uh or you know or he's he gets back on the job you don't think that he's going to be super stressed out now when he walks up on a an you know a domestic or walks up on a stat a domestic with a knife you don't think that he's going to have some post traumatic stress for the rest of his life over this you know and and that was okay, over a good that, about, justified what about, what about his family Oh, the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're the wife, the kids. I mean, you, know? you have people protesting, calling for this officer's job, this officer potentially this officer's life over something he had really had no control over, other than trying to protect himself. And that's what's frustrating in the, in the job nowadays. It truly is. Yeah, and 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 that's where I'd like to you know call out some of our listeners, and I would assume that a lot whoa, of our whoa, listeners. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have to know. I'm assuming. Yes, I would assume that our listeners are kind of leaning our way anyway, just because uh, I don't see how some people could listen. Uh, even though I feel like we're pretty uh, right down the middle with facts and you know well, reasonableness for both on, sides. Frank, we, we, however, we bring the facts. However, if you if you think that we're unreasonable in this case with how we're taking the, the, you know, accounting for this officer's actions, please reach out to us because I think it'd be a great discussion to have. If you understand why some of these, uh, specifically why people are protesting in this case, reach out to us. I want to know why, because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's funny. I had a long conversation with my mother. Shout out to my mother who I love. Okay. But we don't always, we we don't, (laughs) we don't always agree uh, politically on some things, but even in this situation, she's like, I don't know what exactly they're protest. Like what else could that officer have done? And I said to my mom, I was like, I think they just protest to protest. That's kind of what it gets down to. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't know, but but, I mean, are you, are you protesting the fact that there are not enough social services? Sure. Okay. That's an avenue. But to go after the police and destroy property and it's like, uh, I, I, I think your objective is kind of skewed at that point. Just my, my, my two cents there. I don't know. Well, I think you're detracting from some of the right. real protests right. that are going on. Again, you know, you and I are pretty, pretty good. You know, we're constitutionalists. Uh, at least we like to call ourselves that. And, you know, uh, Shout out to Kathy. The First Amendment gives you the <laughs> the uh, the First Amendment gives you the right to peacefully protest. Right. So hey, you know you don't like something that the police are doing, have at it, man. Go go ahead and get a group. Uh, if you want to protest Amazon and, and not buy, <laughs> <laughs> protest Amazon. <laughs> I know two people. Yeah. Well, no, he, he the the one isn't trying to actually protest. He's like yeah, he's kind of yeah. like fell into that because of his his wife. But you know. uh, but anyway, no, you want to do your protest? I, I just gave Jeff more money the other day. Yeah, Jeff. Bezos. I need, you know what I need? I need a new ironing board cover. Guess what? Oh. Amazon had it, and it fits great. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Either way, look. You want to go out and protest? I'm there. You know, I want to have a conversation with you. I actually had a conversation the other night on the street with a guy and uh, a gentleman who, who brought up some some pretty good points that it was hard for me to answer. But uh, he and I both walked away like, you know what? This is the first time we had those those hard questions. And we that just don't hard talk conversation to enough. Like we don't. It's the social media age, and especially for me from a, a, a training supervisor. As far as our new officers, it's it's tougher to communicate. Even you find it too, with just communicating with a younger generate. I mean, we're not old, old farts here. We're like, you know, a young mid mid thirties here, but just even communicating mm-hmm. with people. What is it? Gen Z? I don't even know anymore. I can't keep track. We're millennials. I know that I've, that's proven. Yeah. Too. The tail end. <laughs> no, or the beginning. I can't remember. We're, in the middle. we're the middle middle millennials anyway, but the new generation, like everybody communicates on, on, through technology so they don't communicate actually by talking to people and when you actually talk to people 
you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, now I get, get what you're saying. You know, some of that gets lost in translation with technology. And, you know, in, in this situation, I, I just felt it was our duty to talk about this case because we try to, this is, we try to talk about those high profile cases and, you know, we'll even call the officers out if the officers did wrong. We'll be the first to say that nobody, nobody hates uh, a bad cop more than a good cop. You know, everybody says that, but in this situation, I don't really know the objective of what you guys are protesting the police on this one. I think the, the officer acted quite tactically well. Awesome. And awesome. And, you know, I, if we get reach out to him, I, I'd like to send him a card and say, Hey man, we're behind you. We're thinking about you. And, you know, you ever need to talk, come call into the LEO sideshow. Come on the show. Yeah. We'll talk to you. You know who I'd really like to talk to? I reached out on Twitter. A Portland officer. Did you? I Well, I didn't get a hold of one, but I'm trying to reach out. Anybody listening, try to reach out. I, I'd we'd really like to talk to a Portland officer right now. They're kind of on the West Coast away from us, but man, that, that place is a mess. Just, and it's not even just a mess. It's a continual mess. Well, aren't they in like uh, over a hundred days of straight protests? Yes. <laughs> Which is funny because every everybody I talked to said it's like a beautiful area. But, yeah, but they're they're uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I I I just don't know how how you deal with that. That you know that that Portland came up came up tonight in the debate also. Oh really? Hmm. I, I didn't, folks, tonight we're actually recording the night of the presidential debate, the first one, and I didn't get to watch it because I was actually uh, teaching at one of our academies. Frank watched it, but I kind of, I, I don't need, reach out. Is it even worth me watching this right now? Because every time these are so hyped up and it's always like, do they ever answer the actual question? And it's just kind of bickering and arguing. And I just don't even know if I want to watch it. Yeah, you you might not really want to watch it. I I didn't come out of it. I it didn't sway my vote anyway. How about that? All right. So anyway, but anyway, we we appreciate the discussion. Frank needs to get to, to bed. Uh, I need to go upstairs, do my due diligence, watch a movie on the iPad next to my sleeping producer. Wait, let me ask you this: Did you watch the most recent episode of The Boys? I believe I did. Is that the one where they? Where they got together. Don't give it away to the listeners. Where yeah, got together at the end again. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I watched that one. Nothing, Insane. dude. Nothing was as good as Lucy. That was the best part yeah, of so far this season. We're big fans. Of, Listen, big fans of the boys. We are big fans of the boys yes. on uh, Amazon Prime. Yes, if you do not watch uh, that, we're missing out. Season one was great. What do we? We just finished. That was what episode six, yeah. five or six. Anyway. Which released every Friday. It is phenomenal. I love that series. Yeah, yeah. And believe me, we're not getting paid by Amazon, <laughs> even though we've we, talked about we, it multiple we, times we, throughout we, the episode. We wish we'd probably be really rich. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I just saw. I was looking on Netflix. Did you? Do you ever watch the series The Haunting of Hill House? Yes. Well, they just they're uh, next week. There's a new series coming out. How scary! That was like scary. It. That dude. Okay. If you guys have ever seen The Haunting of Hill House, watch it. It was a really good series. I think the creepiest one was at the end of that funeral home with like the the model home and the light comes on at the end. You know what I'm talking about? I was like half, yeah, a little bit. I was like a little halfway through the season. Anyway, anymore. there's a whole new series about a new house. You know, you know, it's actually based on sort of a true story. Mm, that makes it even creepier. It does. It does. It's like the Blair Witch Project. I never saw that. I never intended to, and I th- I heard everything that was the dumbest thing in the world. It was kind of dumb. It was dumb. That was my chair. No, what? So, if reach out to us. Tell us what your favorite scary movie is. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what mine is. We're coming up. I guess what one month till Halloween. Uh, favorite, yeah, favorite scary movie, and uh, favorite uh, series. And reach out to us what, what you're going to be for Halloween. I'm hoping like hell I don't have to dress up. Producer made me dress up last year. I hope I don't have to. You guys did pretty good. Actually, your your uh, your wife was looks so good in her costume. You know, 
it was it was you know uh, it was like a transformation. You know what's funny? Everybody was talking about how she, she the producers a brunette, but everybody was talking about how she good she is as a blonde. She was Captain Marvel, and I was Captain America, and my son was Spider Man. So we were the Avengers. But of course, my kid has to pick only probably the biggest costume of the entire year: Black Panther. Mm, right. Yeah. Wakanda forever. So is it sold out? Probably, but that's what he wants to be. What are your kids? You won't even know them. <laughs> what? The one one's off of uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. Travis Scott. Fortnite. No, he's not off of Fortnite. <laughs> he just appeared. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's where we got our uh, inspiration for our uh, our intro. Oh yes, yeah. Fortnite. Uh, what's a little guy being? Just like a crazy monster. Oh, okay. Yeah, my kid. My kid wants to be Black Panther. So, anyway, reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Reach out to us on the Eliosideshow.com. We've been a little behind on the blog just because we've been a little busy. But email us. We have got some uh, shout outs on email. Patrick at com or Frank at com. We'll try to respond as quickly as possible. Uh, anyway, yeah, give us that five-star review. Reach out to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, Anchor, whatever. Reach out to us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll try to give you some real talk here. Yeah. And – you want to you want to get on this sideshow? We're starting to look at for uh, you know to bring people on so we can interview them. Uh, we, we you know we kind of we kind of got lost here, and it's our own fault for being busy. But we have some other ones. But we wouldn't mind having a listener come on and give their two cents. Uh, you know, hey, we from talk, the, around the United we'll States. T- we'll talk to somebody who's a protester and just wants to protest about police. Or you know, it'd be also interesting. Yeah, yeah, a protester that'd be a cool episode. Or um, you know, we have listeners from around the world. Uh, call in. We'll let you know how the U.S. is doing with their uh, law enforcement. Uh, we'll give you, and you can ask us all the questions you want to ask. Yeah. But uh, whatever it is, we always enjoy hearing from the fans. Um, so reach out, hit us up. Uh, we're here to uh, to communicate, relate, educate, and delineate our cred. You know, give you we give you the facts and our. Objective, subjective insights into what police officers do and why they do it. From two veteran city cops, man. So nice shout out. Have a good night. I'm going to go finish. I just started watching the Invisible Man movie on HBO Max. I'm going to finish it. It's actually pretty good. I'm halfway through it. Don't tell me what happens. Have a good night, folks. (laughs) 